Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothman back in the chair. So it's another week without a City game. However, there's plenty to look back on and plenty to look forward to this season. So to help me to do that, I'm joined in the studio by a couple of fellow Mancunians and a couple of Southerners. Let's start with the Mancunians. Blogger, journalist, cricketer, who's never tampered with a ball in his life. A view from a blue, Stephen Allwise. Good evening. Is it true you've never tampered with the ball, Stephen? Very, very true. Definitely true. Honest as the day 100% long. true. Fantastic. Uh, and also with us, recently married and proud member of the Canal Street Blues, Sarah Messenger. Good evening. Hello, Nigel. Nice Everyone. to see you. And now the Southerners. Despite being born in the South, because of a family member being a Blue, he supported City all of his life. A warm welcome to Finley Reid. Hi there. And you brought your dad with you. Is it sort of bring, bring your dad to work week, is it? Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> welcome to Graham Reed as well. Good evening, Nigel. Uh, so, the Man City Show is back for the season by Ladbrooks. Go to bet.citypodcast.net for our, for our exclusive specials and promotions. We thank Ladbrooks for that very much indeed. Uh, no games this week because of the international break. Can anybody around the table in this studio get excited about the international break. Someone help me, because I just can't. I couldn't be less interested at this stage, to be honest. Anybody excited? Is this Stephen? No, not excited at all. The only thing that I watch out for is City players getting injured. And that's it, really. And you Fingers crossed for the likes of Company and Aguero, who often seem to go away and, and come back with with strains. But I just I find it quite hard to watch England and 
you know, people like Lingard and Rashford playing who, okay, maybe they deserve to be in the squad, but you spend all season wanting them to lose and, and suffer and then you can't, oh, I find it very difficult to flick that switch and, and want them to win. And England are rubbish. <laughs> and, and you can you add to that? Exactly. Um, well, I, uh, of course, used to watch England with a sense that I was watching the only team that might actually, that I could support, that might actually win something mm. in the days when I didn't ever dream that City would do what they're doing now. So I suppose there was a, a bit of an interest grew from that. Although we never have, in the, I can't remember many City players ever been regularly in the squad. It is so dull because they play really dull football. I do watch, same as Stephen, watch for injuries, but also there's a little bit of me at the moment that wants to see the City players play well and be able to demonstrate that what they've learned on the pet they can replicate for England. And particularly, I love it if Sterling plays well because he gets so much grief. But uh, it's not excitement. Stones did reasonably well. I didn't actually see the game, to be honest, but I read and I see comments that, that Stones had a reasonably good game. I didn't I, see I'm it. in the same boat as you. I didn't see it, so yeah. um, I can't comment. I, I watched part of it. Sterling looked very good, actually. He was playing up front almost as kind of one of two strikers, looked sharp. Stones, having probably suffered a little bit the last couple of months at City and after his injury, struggled to, to get his rhythm back, um, looked kind of domineering in the heart of defence. Um, he had Walker to one side of him and um, Gomez and then Maguire the other side, but looked totally in control. Walker didn't have a lot to do in a in a new position for him. Um, but I guess, like Sarah's point, that's one of the, the problems of how good, it's not a problem at all, of how good City are at the minute, that any team compared to us is boring to watch because no one plays with the same freedom or creativity or quality. And we're now just used to such a high standard of football. I mean, Graham and I, and I didn't didn't watch the game. At what point do you start to watch England games? Is it like quarterfinals of major competitions? Or oh no, or, I think I think come the World Cup, yeah. I think we'll watch it uh, because it's England. Um, but the interest is not there. It's not like the old days. The Premier League has got so big, and as Stephen just said, City are so good that the quality of football, more or less. I watched Barcelona play Chelsea. That that that's obviously very good. Um, but there's not an awful lot to compare, to be honest. But I agree with Steve, you know, Lingard and, and Rashford, how the hell can you cheer for them? I mean, it's just, I've, I've always found it difficult, right the way through, even when we were rubbish, as you were saying, Sarah, and, and you might have the odd City player on the bench, but the other, I, just, I just can't cheer for them. I can't, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Anyway, there we are. Uh, Finlay, uh, really good to have you back on the show, uh, adding a bit of quality, which makes up for your father, for sure. Um, I suppose you're a different generation. You, you you may look at this differently. What's your view on, on England and watching England? Do you tend to get involved and enjoy that on a separate level or is it all about City for you as well? Um, I'm very pessimistic about England. I don't enjoy watching them. And the other night I flicked between England and Sport Relief because I didn't find it very interesting. And we're so dull and we play such a terrible team. And, um, and what was good on Sport Relief then? What, who, who inspired you on Sport Relief this year? What, what were the sort of stories that you were watching? Oh, uh, I watched the boxing match between the two girls and um, the the Shea Given being interviewed for the, like the twelve hour football match. Brilliant! All right. I think the boxing was on Sports Relief with the two girls. I think it was that. <laughs> 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 
I'm sure I can get it on catch up somewhere, can't I? I'm sure I'll, 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 I'll look out for that then, yeah. So we should say as well, I watched half, about half an hour of it on mute because I was entertaining at the time. Uh, so <laughs> don't ask me how I got away with even having it on in the background, but anyway. What's of entertaining you Charm gets you, charm gets you a long have, way. Have a meal. We do have sport relief on in the background, though. I hope you don't mind. No, no, no. I meant the match was on, not sport relief. Oh, I, I got away with sport relief. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> And, and actually, I mean, it is really dull watching England. They were slightly better than the last few games I've seen in that there was a, a modicum of an attacking sense about them. But I just have to say, Holland were shocking. Mm. You know, it's just kind of sad when you think about the Dutch sides of the past, but they were, they were terrible. It's interesting, isn't it, how the, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, I did notice that Phil Foden and Jaden Sancho, um, who were dropped by the England under-19 side. They, they turned up late for training, apparently. That was the one thing that caught my eye. Um, I, I, thank I, you. I saw that. Oh, you saw it as well? I saw Could it, yeah. yeah. And, and, and I did worry a little bit, because obviously the Sancho kid, I would imagine, my guess would be, is probably more difficult character, having shot off to Dortmund um, without knowing him. Um, but it just... It just but to get Foden involved in that, and obviously at his age, I would imagine he'll be given the right act back at City, um, because if he wants to be, you know, a proper footballer, he don't want to be any of those headlines. But but that's why I raise it because you know there he was. He was a, nobody had heard of him. You know he gets Player of the Tournament. He's in the under seventeen. He's a World Cup winner. He plays what he's had. I think eight starts for City this season. You know in in the side that we've got getting in that side, and suddenly you get stories like that. It's, you just start to then question, don't you? Because I think you're right. I think he will be absolutely. Taken to the cleaners, you you would hope so, and and, and maybe it's yeah, early enough to give him that lesson. Obviously, to get in that city, anywhere near the city squad, exactly, you've got to be exceptional, yeah. and uh, you've got to have the right right attitude. And he's uh, the sad thing is he's following people like De Bruyne and Silva. Yeah. I mean, Silva, I, he's been interviewed a couple of times this year. It's I've never heard him speak, and yet he's been, you know, arguably the best player they've had ever. Um, so how professionally he behaves himself. So you'd think that Foden would be picking up on people like that, who he wants to be. And that sort of level, um, and to see him obviously mixed up with Sancho, I, I, I guess. I mean, it's probably unfair to say this, but you'd guess that's a bad influence for him. You don't. To be fair to the lad, you don't know that, do you? Of course, it could well be. It could I be Foden totally leading you know Sancho. Between the lines, you know, he's gone from Watford to City, City to Dortmund, yeah. and he gives a lot of interviews. And I don't like to see interviews with kids. You know, just go and play. Just learn your trade first. So then. should we send Finley away then? Because I'm interviewing Finley now. You so say you don't like Finley? <laughs> well, can I'm you dominate, leave? The, I'm dominating it. You see, that's you what are I'm a bit. Finley, if you could leave the room now, because your father does not want you interviewed. <laughs> okay. So thank you. Let's say. Let's also thank you to Finley Reid. That's the last time you've ever been on this show, my friend. <laughs> what? So what? Do we know where? What's the story? I hadn't heard. So what's, what's the story? He's Graham's son, and he, and he said he was one. No, of, I, oh, not that story. Sorry, what story? <laughs> no, the story about Foden and was they it late, just that they were late for training? We don't know any reason or no, any explanation. What's okay. been reported, and it's been okay. reported literally just like that. Just they were late for training. They were benched actually, so they didn't. They were they were okay. benched, didn't play. Um, but but I, it could I, be anything from out in a nightclub to the alarm didn't go off to the taxi was late. We don't know. We However, don't know. And uh, listen, answers on a postcard okay. or send well, us by, you know, at City Podcast. Let us know. You're at competition time here. <laughs> yeah, the prize is you can do Finley's homework for him one night, I suppose, is the, is the prize. And It'd be too uh, hard for us. Yeah. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, right. What have you enjoyed most this season? Let's have some sanity back on this show. Let's, let's talk about City now. Let, let's move away from England. We don't need Great. enough of England. Let's talk about the best team probably on the planet. What, what, what has excited you most, Stephen, this season? What have you, what have you enjoyed? It's a, it's a lovely question to have to answer. Um, it makes a change. Um, we've, it's just it's such a basic answer, but how good we've been 
every single game because there's, you know, in previous years we've had odd performances, you know, 6-1 over United or even early spells under Mancini and Pellegrini. We scored four, five, six at times, seven. But this year it's been so consistent and it's been so brilliant. And every time you think, gosh, weren't we just ridiculous? The next week we'll go out and be even better or there'll be one pass or a goal in a, in the next match and you think that's just blown my mind. Um, and it's the way that how relentless we've been because, you know, we had the league wrapped up by November, pretty much end of November. And it would have been so easy just to take foot off the gas and step back and, and kind of coast through. But Pep's not that character. I think it's pretty clear to see he's intense and intent on them doing well. Um, and it's just the way that we're just putting everyone to the sword. And kind of it's just sensational to watch. And it's sensational to watch every single week. Is that your view as well, Sarah, yeah. or do you come from a different angle? No, I come completely from where Stephen came from. The only thing I'd add, which is in a, in a way directly linked to that, is the thing I've loved most about City this season is the sense of inner confidence and calm and pride that they give me, which sounds a bit kind of nauseating, but having that, lived with... Happy, I've, yeah. oh, good, that's what I was trying to do. Having lived with the misery, the constant sense of feeling let down, the sense you'd be excited about a game, but secretly you'd dread it because you just kind of knew it wouldn't go our way. To be in a position now where... I was completely relaxed about the League Cup final. I'm not remotely worried. I wasn't worried about going to Old Trafford. In fact, I'm looking forward to it. Didn't worry about any of the big games that we've had. You know, Liverpool in the in the quarterfinals of the Champions League will be a test. But again, I'm completely confident that we've got the team and the and the kind of mental attitude to win that. So that's what I love. I love the fact that I can revel in being a City fan, not only because of the quality, but because of the confidence that they have given us. You, you've travelled home and away, Graham. You've seen some rubbish over the years. You must be enjoying I've the season. I've seen some real rubbish, but <clears throat> absolutely 100%, Stephen, I agree with. Um, the quality of the football, the confidence that each week they just produce better and better. And other than Palace away and possibly Liverpool away, they've. I, I used to say to Finley, it doesn't matter if they lose sometimes as long as they play well. Because um, then obviously, eventually you'll get the right results. But they actually have been the best team in all but two of two games. That I, and I think I've seen them all, maybe one or two I've missed. I can't think of any I've missed. But um, they've just been the best team. Even Wigan, they lost. Fair enough. But they were the best team. I know they lost and well done Wigan. But um, it's just, it is relentless. And But unlike those two characters, I still have the last game at Stoke. Unfortunately, I couldn't go because it was Cheltenham that week. And um, I watched it up in, up in Gloucestershire on the television. And I phoned Finley at home and before the game and I get nervous because I think, oh, it's Stoke away. And then they start. And all the comments, Gary Neville's obviously doing it and he's saying, well, City will win comfortably. It'll take an amazing... The sort of thing they used to say about Liverpool in the 80s, oh, well, no one's going to beat them. But because I'm obviously, like these guys, a long-time City fan, they're still in the back of your mind. That some, but actually, it never goes wrong this season because they're good. That's the bottom line. They are they're better than good. They're exceptional. Not because I'm the fan, just as a football fan, they're exceptional. And they're so together as well as a team. Oh, and goodness, it's, yes. And it's, I'm sure it's easier to, to be like this when you're winning every game and you're going to win trophies. But Pep, I think, initiates a lot. Just the simple things, mm. going over to the away end after yeah. a match, applauding players, not just kind of clapping from the halfway line, but genuinely going over. You know, all the fringe players, you know, people like Danilo and Gundogan, Bernardo, who barely played the first half of the year. 
there's been nothing in the press around itching to leave or wanting to play. They all just buy into this kind of feeling and philosophy at the club. And they just look as if they're enjoying it and enjoying spending time together. What's your, <clears throat> excuse me, what's your view on Pep, Graham? Just... You know, he last season he was kind of criticised by a number of people, and he was a fraud. You know, he should with the amount of money that's been invested. I've, I ask this question occasionally. I think I asked it last week, I, but we've got a new set of yeah, people yeah. on. I'm, I'm really interested to hear your view about people, how people good say he is. to me, uh, "Who is City's best player? Is it De Bruyne?" Silver? The best signing City have got is the manager. He, sadly to say, if he managed the other teams in the top six, they'd win it as well. It's as simple as that. He is exceptional with everything he does, the finest detail, the team spirit, the way they play, the, the confidence he gives. To see guys on five yards in their own goal pass into each other, I mean, it gives you a heart attack. Yeah. But he gives them the confidence. Of course, they'll occasionally uh, make a mistake, but he gives them the confidence to do it, which is remarkable. Um, there was a, I, I watched a, a thing that I like, Sunday Supplement yesterday, and they had the guy, the, the famous journalist from Spain, uh, Balagay. Balagay, and they were talking, because Ibrahimovic, had um, and, and Ibrahimovic's uh, agent had on the back page of one of the Sundays yesterday was criticising Pep as a coward and selfish and all this sort of stuff. And uh, the, the journalist basically gave the story that Slatin went to Barcelona, uh, Pep bought him, great player, but obviously, unfortunately, they had Messi there, and Messi was obviously better. And he kept telling Slatin he's better than you, and basically, you when he comes in here, you go another way. And Slatten refused to listen to what he's being told, so they sold him a year on. Not that he wasn't good, but he wouldn't play the way for the team. It's nothing about um, him not being a good player. And that sort of sums it all up, really, that Pep is all about the team. And if you're not conforming and you're not doing it right, you'll, you'll, you'll be moved on. And, you know, Aguero, to his great credit, obviously, um, probably wasn't the best trainer I hear in the world probably a little bit lazy even though he's a fantastic footballer who scores goals and one thing for certain Pep's turned up and he's put that right I mean you can you just only have to watch it he runs miles now and sorry we talk about Graham talks about other players as well that you have to put that down to Pep don't you in terms of the improvement that we've seen in them whether it's Otamendi or whether it's Sterling you know there are a number that Delph what he's done with Delph and the way he's sort of <laughs> moved in from a you know reasonably average pretty decent footballer into a fantastic fullback. It's, it's amazing it's... what he's done and I completely agree with Graham. He, he is the biggest asset we've got much as we've got some fantastic assets in terms of footballers. Um just quickly going back to Aguero, did you see the great little story about when Argentina were training at the Etihad ready for their friendly and um Marcus Rojo was saying that uh, basically Aguero was treating it like they'd all gone to his house. So when they'd, eat, when they'd finished eating, they, had, they were told to pick the trays up and put the trays away and leave no mess on the tables. So I don't know whether that's the pep effect that, you know, even Aguero's, it's gone to the extent that he feels he has to get everyone to clear up after them when they're at the Etihad. Um, it is a privilege to watch not only the the quality of the football that Pep's got them playing, but I think your point about the team spirit, and and I think the fact that there no everybody's bought into it, including Aguero, who's probably the one who's struggled the most with it. Um, he is amazing, and I really hope it's true that he's staying ten years. But the guys have touched on it around the coaching because Pep's critics will say, "Oh, he just spends money; he's a checkbook manager." And of course we spent money because every big club spends money every single year. And there's two things on that. One, he's bought the right players. He's quickly identified. He needs a keeper who passes the ball out from the back. 
and he didn't care about the flack he took for getting rid of Hart. Okay, Bravo wasn't good enough, but he was the right move towards being that ball-playing keeper. He knew he needed pacey fullbacks to get up and down. Mendy and Walker are exactly that. He knew he needed kind of a bit more creativity, so he freed up De Bruyne and freed up Silva, and he's brought in Sane and Sterling. But it's the coaching of the players who were already there. You look at Otamendi, who has been brilliant this year, probably pushing it to say was a liability last season. He was good, but spent half his game on his backside from sliding in the whole time and had mistakes in him. Mm. He's now brilliant. Delph, as as you said, Nigel, has been converted into a very dependable, very good left-back. Fernandinho was great, but has stepped it up a notch. Mm. Silva and De Bruyne are exactly the same. Aguero, absolutely. He, He improves every single player who's in the squad. And there aren't any other coaches who do that. I'm interested, Finley, to, to hear from you in terms of players. I mean, we've talked a lot about Pep and, and the ones who are kind of your favourites, the one that you feel really make the team. And, and I suppose we, we're going to talk a bit later about player of the season. We've got a real problem on our hands to actually pick one out, I think, because we've mentioned most of them. Who, who You go home and away with your dad every week, I know. Who have you seen who really impresses you? Who's kind of your favourites and for what reason? Um, my... Uh I really have grown to like Edison because I find him uh, very funny and the way how he's so <laughs> so calm when he mm-hmm. sort of like comes out and he, he'll, he'll just like lob it over a defender and then chest it down and then pass it instead of sort of sliding and kicking it out like most keepers. So I find his like nonchalance quite um, hilarious. That's a great word. Mm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> Will you explain that word to your dad when you get home yeah. for us as well? He's, he's, he's struggling a bit with that, yeah. And I uh, obviously like Silver and De Bruyne, but Aguero's always been my favourite since he's joined and um, I hope he gets it, but I think De Bruyne will because he's just so class and some of the passes he's made at times have just been um, unbelievable. So in terms of player of the year, you're going to go De Bruyne? Yes. Even though some would argue he's been off the pace a bit the last few games and maybe he's not sort of put in a full season and... But you could argue when you play at the level he plays at, he's allowed the odd off week, you could, you could argue. But you, you go De Bruyne because of the influence he's had on, on the team. Yeah, and he's played every game, so I think you could allow him a few slack games Fair because he's probably suffering from a bit of tiredness. Okay. Dad, you go, you're going with De Bruyne then? Is he, is he your, oh, he's, your... been, he's been sensational, and I think Finney's got it absolutely... I mean, you could name all of them, really, Otamendi, so we won't bore you with that. But I think if you had to have one, some of De Bruyne's passes before Christmas was terrific... My personal favourite's always been David Silva and I still think, I see De Bruyne a bit hodlistic in that middle and he, he's great when he gets time on the ball and he, he's 60 yards and three yards. But Silva in a very congested little square that they all play, every team plays, is about the best player I've ever seen with people around him. He's just amazing. So I'd have to give it to David Silva. So you're, we've got one for De Bruyne, we've got one for Silva. And we've said before, he's kind of added goals to his game as well, hasn't he? Of course, well, that's this amazing. Well. I think he scored at Stoke, didn't he? He did. He did. Might have scored a couple, didn't he? Sarah? Well, I'm with Gracie. I, I, insofar as I love David Silver and think he's the greatest player that I've ever seen play for City. But I think this season I would give it to De Bruyne because not only is, as Finley said, some amazing passes, uh, the way he's helped... His controlled games, I think, is important. But it's the fact that he's made a really important difference in a significant number of games, whether it's the killer pass, whether it's the winner against Chelsea at at Stamford Bridge. It's it's the impact he's had on games, as well as the way he individually has played, that means I think he should get it. 
Stephen, are we going to? Are we going to three I one? Is it three one? Every one single word that Sarah said. It's yeah. S- that was silver a lie for now. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I think look, Silver's phenomenal. The best player I've seen in a city shirt, just for the longevity. Um, but De Bruyne is. I mean, if Silver's a nine and a half, De Bruyne's a ten. It's that close, and they're both that good. And I think it's spot on on, on De Bruyne. The, the one thing that. I guess this is applicable to every City player, but no one mentions it with De Bruyne, is how hard he works Mm -hmm. and how aware he is of the team and his responsibility. He'll track back. You'll find him often at right back, covering for Walker, who's bombing forward. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't mind. He just fits into that whole team ethic that we talked about. Do you think, before we go to a break, do you think when we look at the the player player of the year across the Premier League, um, that De Bruyne is kind of head and shoulders or do you think he's got some competition and do you think he'll actually win it for a jazz you have a city I think Tony Book was the last one to win it wasn't he in 1969 best player on on the team who were going to win the league by 20 points I'm sure Steve's just about the point we've had neither of the managers that have won the league got manager of the year which is unheard of and then unbelievably, no one's won, got anywhere near player this season for City so Aguero's never been in the well documented never been in the team of the year so there must be a little bit of something and I can see the press already Salah, 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 Salah. But there you go. If you win the league by so many points, there has to be a player from that team, surely. You think Salah might pit, pit KDB Well, I it? fear that he will for exactly the reasons that Graham's just said around the track. I mean, the fact that Pellegrini won the, a double in his, in his first season and yet Conte... Did, it, did the same thing last season and was suddenly Conte was a god last season. He couldn't do anything wrong. I don't remember anyone talking about Pellegrini in those in those terms when he did that. I fear that Salah will win it, but I think it would be completely wrong because otherwise you might as well just give it to a striker every season. Every season it just goes to a striker. To me, it's about the player that's had the most profound impact, not only on their team, but on the outcome of games. And on for that, that reason, I think De Bruyne should win it. And on that profound note, yeah. we'll take a break. <laughs> The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Let's do some questions from our listeners uh, on Twitter. I sort of put it out there and said, anybody got any questions? We've actually had uh, Nigel Hoare, who's a new listener. So thanks, Nigel, for your questions, plural. What's our best defensive pairing is the, uh, is the first question. Finley, give us, give us a go at that then, if you've uh, your thoughts on... We've got a few to choose from. If you had to choose those two centre-backs, who would they be? Uh, I would have Otamendi and company, but obviously company can't play um, all the games in a week because of fixture congestion and his injury problems. But um, we have great options and Laporte's only just got into England and I think um, in pre-season they'll work with him a lot and hopefully he'll be uh, ready to replace company for next season. And once John Stones finds a bit of confidence again, I think he'll be um, playing as well as he was at the start of the season. Okay. Dad? He's probably said it all. You've got nothing to add to that. I don't, I don't really need to add to it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I know it's only two or three games. Laporte, obviously fantastic, some of his passing. Um, I'm a bit concerned about how he's looked defensively so far. Um, but definitely the two centre-halves will be them. And I hope, uh, following on from what Finley said, they play those two in the Champions League games. And I would Sorry, imagine... Just to be clear, which two in the Champions League? Company and Otamendi. You're going with those two, yeah. Um, uh, and I would imagine that it will be too much for company for the Saturday. And I, I, I know it's a terrible thing to say, but 
I hope they pick their best 11 for the two Champions League games. And if the worst comes to the worst and we don't win on the Saturday, that won't be the end of the world for me. No. Lots, lots of City fans saying it is, of course, we've got to do it there on the Saturday. But I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, we won the league and it doesn't matter when we win it. No one's going to remember, mm. I don't believe. And it's, uh, I, I don't care. We're going to no. win it anyway. It doesn't bother me. Well, we, always, we always love to stuff them, don't of we? Course. But, you know, oh, we can live with a draw if we that's can. what it takes. Uh, so central, back to the, the, the best central pairing. I think Finley summed it up brilliantly. Do, do you want to challenge he any of that? He did. He did a brilliant job of summing it up. No, I wouldn't challenge that. I mean, I think the, the, difference, the difference this season is that... Um, I mean, there's a little bit of kind of it depends on the game. So there, there might be games where you would play somebody else with Otamendi or with company. Um, and the the other thing, but the thing that's important is the fact that we're not looking at the bench. If company goes down in the first 10 minutes and thinking, oh, bloody hell, you know, there is a sense that. And, and actually, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the one, you know. And, and there is, I mean, I think Laporte's yet to kind of, yet to win us over. But to be fair to the lad, he's only had a few games. And there's always that sense that he's, he's got the raw materials or else Pep wouldn't have bought him and whatever coaching he needs, you'll get. So. I've got a feeling a view from a blue is going to disagree with the three of you here. I'm not going to disagree. I'm just going to probably take slight umbrage at the word pairing Oof. in the question Oof. because I think, especially next season when Mendy's fit, mm. we might see three at the back mm. and the two full, and the two wing-backs, right, Mendy yeah. and Walker, bombing on. Because that's what he tried at the start of the season um, and it means that he had a bit more cover at the back and another body in midfield. Um, and I think if it's three at the back, company probably misses out because the other three are all kind of ball-playing defenders. Um, if it's a two, agree at the moment, company Ot- Otamendi for the big games. I actually have a, a feeling we might see Fernandinho as a centre-back at times next season when his legs maybe start to go in the middle mm. and provided we buy someone else to replace him because we've not got that person at the minute. Um, a little similar to what Pep did with Mascherano. Yeah. So you, you don't you don't agree with Nigel Hall's question, really? You you're sort of because uh, should I ask the next one? See if you agree with yeah, this other question. Yeah, the next one. Go for it. So see how you got on with Nigel's question, which is why has John Stones not recovered his form following? I think injury? it's a very valid question, Nigel. All oh, right, you're happy with that one? No, so Nigel Hall not. All oh, right, all right, okay, um, fine. It's just too I don't many know. Nigels. Isn't uh, it? Whether it's he's just lost the rhythm and he's now in and out of the team a little bit. I thought he was as good as Otamendi the first half of the year, or until he got his injury. And it took him probably two months he was out of the team and then back for the odd game and out again. Um, just looked a bit stuttery, kind of made a few mistakes, whether that's knocked his confidence. Um, but, you know, he was good um, in England's last game. Hopefully he'll come back. But I think, you know, with company back and, and being or looking like he's at his best, company currently is a better option than Stones. But it's interesting, none of you have gone with, whether it's a, Opposite. We're going with the pairing question. None of you have actually gone with Stones. And uh, if we'd asked this question a season ago, who would have thought Otamendi would have trumped him to that position? I mean, that's not not something that we were... He, that's obviously Otamendi's improvement. Stones gone backwards or is it just Otamendi's got better, would you say, Graham? Oh, no, I think Stones is fine. Um, obviously, as, as everyone said, he had a terrific start. Looked the real deal. Got injured. Um, and when he came back, he had that run against Bristol City, the penalty... Uh, Burnley, the sort of... Um, so he's just coming back off injury, two or three errors. They're in the transfer market for a centre-half. All that probably knocks his confidence. Company comes back and has... And he hadn't looked great, Company. Uh, it, it, it was good, but he hadn't looked... And then suddenly, out of nowhere... I thought it was the final, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the final. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was just sensational. And then they asked... And then the, uh, he played four days later at, high, uh, at the Emirates. And... Um, 
you know, he just looked, he just looked like the best. He actually looked the best of the four. When he, when he played well in those two games, he looked better than any of the others. Also, the, thing, the last thing on Stone, sorry, is that when he has a good game, no one mentions it. When he's defensively sound mm. and puts in his tackles and his blocks and his headers and clearances, no one says a word. But he's one of these players, as soon as he makes a small mistake, people are on him because of his background and he, he's not a typical English defender. That's true. That's true, yeah. I, I, we're talking fine margins here. I mean, if, you, if, if we find out that the, 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 the centre-back pairing as it is for now, for, for the first leg against Liverpool, for re- injury or any other reason, is Ottomendian stones, none of us are going to be like, oh my God, oh my God, the company can't play, this is a night. You know, I think actually you could put any of those four together. Yeah. And it would work, but on current form and what they've delivered recently, you'd go for Ottomendi Company. I totally agree with that. I wouldn't if I were, if on the night we get to Anfield and we find we've got Stones and Laporte. Mm. Um, having seen them at Wigan, neither of them wanted to attack the ball. They both naturally what Ottomendi is the best at is, I mean, and sometimes he gets the wrong side of his man. But when you got when you've got somebody who drops off a little bit like Stones or Company, he that's great. Um, those two against Wigan, and it wasn't a massive problem, but they both, when the ball came up, they both dropped off just a couple of yards. Neither of them naturally went to the ball. I wouldn't like that pairing against Liverpool, that's for certain. All right, let's go on to a, a, a big friend of the show, uh, Bolt from a Blue. I'll try this in a Northern Ireland accent. No, I won't. Uh, go for but, it. No, you no, should no, try. No, go I on. I will not do that now. Uh, will Pep invest... I thought it was Northern a- Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was quite good. Actually, it wasn't bad. I'll give you a better credit for that. <laughs> Thank you, no. Let's carry on like this. Who would have known, 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 known Well, there you go. So, will Pep invest in a left-back in the summer to relieve Mendy? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We've got Mendy. He'll be fit again. Delph can do a job. Danilo can, can do a job. Zinchenko can do a job. Mm. Don't need another left back. Don't need another one. A plethora of left backs. Ridiculous. Can you say that in a Northern Irish no, accent? No, I, I can't. I can't say it in an English accent either. I can't. Uh, and if Pep buys another forward, will the new man be rotating with Leroy Sane? He'll just be rotating <laughs> with anyone. <laughs> Uh, yeah. That's probably an area, kind of that left, let's call it left wing or you know, left of a front three where you know, Sterling can just about play there, but Sane almost plays every single game if he's fit now. But that's an interesting one if Pet then plays three at the back because Mendy will be your wing back and there's no obvious role for Sane in that team. Because we saw it, didn't we, in that, albeit the start, to, to, yeah. to start the season, it, two or three games. It's all about options and... Yeah. You know, we're saying it depends on the game and which formation, which players. But you know, I think there's probably space for another one attacking player in the squad. Should we look forward to? Uh, well, we've got Everton at the weekend, of course, um, and then we go on to quite an exciting run of games. Um, should we briefly just talk about Everton this weekend and, and, and thoughts and reflections on on that game? Anybody don't have to win it, do we? Really, be quite nice to takes us to uh, the next game against. Stretford and all that sort of stuff, and we know we know all about that. But any thoughts about Everton? Bit of a bogey team, mm. bit of a potential banana skin. Do we care? Is it important? Who, who wants to have a go on? on every the... game's important, Nigel. Uh, Good. I'm glad you said that. I was opening that for you, Graham. No, oh, exactly. Well, every game is because at one point I used to go and watch games in the middle of Division One, and it was the end of the season, and that still seemed important when you went that they won. So Everton away is a really big game. Uh, they don't. You know, it's a good rivalry. It's a great ground to go and watch football and play in, I guess. And late kickoffs at Everton are notoriously better atmospheres. So I think that it's very important. And if they 
all come back for following this week's games fit, then I should think they will be raring. I agree. I, I think it's 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 kind of when when we're applying the word important, isn't it? Because it I think matches are really important. If if you don't win, you're going to get relegated. Mm. As opposed to it's important because they've now had a pretty much three-week break. They're about to go into the most important part of the season. You want some momentum. You don't really want to start. Having had this nice break, the time they had in um, Abu Dhabi, you want you want some time. You want them to start with a win rather than it, it sort of sets us up for three really important games before, in fact, if you count the Spurs game. So well, let's talk with, about with Liverpool being the game after Everton. Mm-hmm. Are you tempted to rest anyone? Do you rest De Bruyne, Silva, and Fernandinho? Well, you know, is he going to play? I mean, this is the, I was going to ask Finley actually in terms of the next few games because you have got a bit of an exciting time coming up, young man. I think haven't you? Well, just talk us through your Easter holiday then. What, what's what's been organised then? Uh, so I'm going to the away leg at Anfield, uh, then both the home legs. Uh, sorry, both the home games against Liverpool and Man United. So yeah, that's your Easter holiday. Very exciting. All in the space of a week. Well, it's not a bad. It's not a bad break. You got to sort of take your homework with you. Sort of sit sit there and do it half time. Do do, do maths calculations and a bit of English comprehension. Fifteen minutes. No, I'm. <laughs> Only need ten. I might do that on the train on the way up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. Just in case, sirs, listening, you know, just just make sure. Yeah, of course. Do it on the train going up, sir. What a load of rubbish. Never. I know what your homework's like, son. Um, so this is an exciting time. This is the important bit of the season talk about the word important here we go into these games Graham we've got Liverpool twice we've got Stratford and then Spurs after the Everton game this is this is exciting stuff isn't it win the league well, Champions League progression I think as Sarah said right it. at the beginning of the show that who would ever have believed all those years ago that we'd have a week in football where we're playing the mighty Liverpool Champions League winners or European Cup winners five times and all those nights we sat and watched it and they were good obviously back way back when in the 80s uh, we're going to Anfield for that sort of stuff, and we got we got United at home to win the league. Possibly, oh, that's just. I mean, if someone would have told you that five years ago, forget the twenty five, thirty years ago, it is just ridiculous, really. So, what a great time to be a City fan. And go back then to the, the 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 fact that we've got all these important fixtures coming up. In terms of team selection, picking up Stephen's point, Sarah, what does he do? Does he play our best eleven in all three of these games? Does it kind of depend on what happens in the first leg? Other people are suggesting. How do you see Pep? Sort of, he's sitting there. He's been there on his sun lounger in Abu Dhabi, playing a bit of golf. Uh, I'm sure, hopefully, doing a bit of training as well while they're there. Uh, what What do you think is going through his mind? How is he going to approach these these important games as we get to the the important part of the season? Well, there's part of me that just thinks, you know, as professional footballers, three games in a week is not ridiculous, and this should, particularly after they've had unless you unless you're Vincent Company, the, unless you're Vincent Company. Yeah, the, my view is, I definitely you clearly play the strongest team you can for the and tactically appropriate team that you can for the two Liverpool games. I would play the strongest team we can against United. Although you may you may do something like take De Bruyne off after seventy minutes. You know, I think it might be options just giving people a bit less of a game. But I think for all three games, because if the league is won by by beating United, then he can he can chop, change, rest, rotate as much as he wants for the for the remaining league games. So I'd put a lot of effort into these next three games and get them won. Will he do that, Stephen? Will he play the, the as a no, Saracen, the best I just team reckon there'll be with the squad more rotation than mm. we've seen normally this season. Um, agree completely. The two games versus Liverpool are, are the key, and 
the second leg will matter because, you know, unless we win the first leg 5-0, which is not going to happen, then, you know, the tie is still going to be live for the second leg. Um, and actually, it, you know, the, the first leg, I think, is on a Tuesday, um, or one of the legs is on a Tuesday. So it's it's quite a quick turnaround from the weekend. Mm. Um, I, I reckon he might um, shift around the players more than we envisage. Yeah, um, I, I sort of agree with most of that. I think he should as well. Uh, and, and, and we've got to remember these days, and we just talked about the, the best centre-half pairings. Uh, they've obviously got four of them. Danilo will play one of the fullback roles at somewhere in, uh, in United, maybe Everton, because he's okay. I mean, he's obviously not top class, but he's okay. Gundogan and, and, and uh, Bernardo, I mean, they'll, they probably won't make your best 11 currently, but they're blooming good. And they were, they were in the team every week for nearly two to three months, and we had great results, kept winning. So when you say rotation, it isn't quite, you know, I mean, I, I think we probably could all name his best 11 this season. Um, the left back's probably the only one. Obviously, Delph would play, and if Mendy was fit, he would. Where he'll, where next season's a different issue. But um, with people like Gundogan and, and Bernardo, he will definitely swap with Everton and the Man United games because they can't afford to go to Liverpool uh, without the best eleven players that he thinks are. And I wouldn't be surprised that the older members, the Silvers, the companies, the Fernand, no, is more important really. Um, they they might drop off against United because of their age. So, so before we finish, with the Carabao Cup's already in the trophy cabinet. The the league is clearly there to be won. There's no no question about that. Let's just sort of talk then. Finley start us off on this one. Then, so in terms of the Champions League, are City going to win it in your view this year? Are we going to get a third trophy this year, or is it just a year too soon? As it may be, certainly going to be one in the next couple of years. Or do you honestly feel? because maybe the Barcelona's of this world aren't as good as they have been in recent years, and actually this is our moment, and the way we're playing, this is City season to generally... And this is brain rather than heart. I know what heart says, we're all saying we're going to win it. What does brain say? Are we actually going to win the Champions League this year? No, I don't think so. I think it might take uh, at least uh, one or two more years just to improve the squad more, and um, if it can be improved more but just to gain more sort of confidence in Europe because we haven't even been doing it for that long and I think we're still yet to beat the Bayern Munich. I know it's happened with Aguero and the hat-trick and, but rarely have we beaten Barcelona. Um, we went to Newcomb last year and we got beat 4-0 so I still think we're quite a way off but we're getting closer. And what is it we're missing, do you think? What What is you talk about maybe strengthening the squad? Where do you think it just needs to take us to that next? I, I think I agree with you that we're probably still um, a season away, but where in particular do you think we've got the shortcomings? We've we spent the last 45 minutes talking about a fantastic squad with a brilliant keeper. We've got options at the back four. We've got a great attacking force. We've got Mendy. We've got KDB. So where is it, in your view, do you think we just need to improve slightly? Where are those areas that worry you? Um... I think everyone just as a player, I don't think we need to change the players. I think just the players need to improve. As in Leroy Sane, when he plays really well, like he has recently, plays is, is one of the best players we have. But he just doesn't do it on a regular basis. Mm. And I think if Pep can get those sorts of players to do it more often, then we'll be challenging for Europe. All right. So, in terms of other thoughts then before we go, Champions League, Sarah, this year or not? Are, we, are you with the- I'm, I'm with Finley. Spot on, <laughs> spot on. Um, probably, a, probably a season too soon. To me, it's and for all exactly what Finley said. 
already got our team could beat any of the teams that remain in the Champions League. So it's not that we're not as good in terms of the quality we've got, but there's something about nous when you're playing in in at that level, you know. And Real Madrid have got it in bucket loads, and I think that's where we might get found out. Just and it's a bit more than just game management; it's just about sort of a real understanding of how you get yourself over the line in those sorts of games that we might just be a bit short of. Stephen, I, I have very little to add. Agree entirely with Sarah and Finley. I think it's a year too soon for us. All right, and the final word is with Graham Reid. As ever, I would disagree with that. I think that they yeah, might would. as well strike when the iron's hot. They will improve because the Sarnes, the Jesuses, the Sterlings of the world are 20-odd or 21 or whatever they are. So it will inevitably that those players will improve if they stay at City, which I'm sure they will. Um, but the Napoli performance away and when Napoli were playing some just fantastic football, that was, uh, that was great. So... Um, I still think they could win it this year. And that's not my heart. That is my head. Because as Stephen said right at the beginning, they played unbelievable football. It's been an absolute joy and a pleasure. And thank you to my guests, to Stephen Allwise, to Sarah Messenger, to Finley Reid and his dad, Graham. This is Nigel Rothman saying thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.